0: Isaiah is kind of... Uh, it's probably middle of the Bible, kind of that kind of area probably, um, in the Old Testament, a little bit further through. Um, it's an Old Testament book. You'll find it in your Old Testament if you're uh, not okay with the Bible. But Isaiah chapter 35. If you have been in Jubilee for many years, your Bible probably just... Falls open on Isaiah chapter 61, um, but just kind of do that and go back a little bit. There are other chapters in Isaiah. Okay, so we are in between uh, teaching series. Uh, we had a, a wonderful summer, didn't we, of hearing lots of different voices, lots of uh, different people talking about God is. And next week we start a new series called Life to the Full, um, looking at how Jesus, how the good news of Jesus. Affects our lives and affects kind of some of the some of the 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 big topics of life, whether it's uh, 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 marriage, whether it's singleness, whether it's death, whether it's money, well, all these types of things. How the gospel affects those things. So we're going to be starting that next week. Um, so this week we're in between um, series, and I, I wanted to speak on this passage from Isaiah. Um, it's a poem. Let's read it, and then I'm going to pray. The desert... Oh, sorry, it might be headed up in your Bible, Joy of the Redeemed, or something like that. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord. The splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow and there'll be a highway there. It will be called the highway of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They'll enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Father God, we love your word. We honour it. We honour you. We honour that um, through your word you speak to us and through your word you bring life and through, you, through your word you teach us and correct us and encourage us. And Lord, we want to ask this morning that through this passage this morning that you have kept for your people, would you, would you help us? Would you bring it alive to us this morning by the Spirit? And would you speak deep into our hearts and into our lives? Amen. this was described by uh, one Bible teacher as perhaps one of the most beautiful poems ever written. It's talking about a time when things will be put right and that people will rejoice in that. And... And Bible teachers say that this passage is kind of looking forward to three events, maybe more but but certainly three um, the return of the Jewish people from their exile to the land, they were shortly to be invaded, and they would be carried off into a foreign land, but they would return and as I was prophesying, you know this will happen but but we will return the lord will bring us back uh, secondly uh, the future event of the end of time the end of all world history when god gathers his people and puts everything right but, but also the it's pointing to the kind of the journey or the life of faith that a person that puts their trust in god makes And that includes you and i and what's clear is that in all of those events they're to be marked by joy. They're joyous occasions. And so this morning I want to speak to us about joy. Why? Well, well tomorrow, for many of us, tomorrow brings a new term. Anyone going back to school or college tomorrow? As, <laughs> the look of delight. Anyone started school or college already? Yeah, I, I know there are a few. September is always a busy month, isn't it? It always seems very busy, very hectic. But blink, and Christmas will be here. In all the busyness of this time of year, do you know what? Joy in the Christian life, it can be missed. It, it, can, it can seem like an optional extra that we've got no time for. Here's the dictionary definition of joy, or one dictionary definition of joy. A feeling of great pleasure and happiness. But, but is it more than that? And when the Bible talks about joy, is that what it means, simply? Because the truth is, we don't, I believe, always understand joy. I did a few searches uh, on social media just to see, just to put in the hashtag joy and see what came up. Do you want to know what I found? We could go on forever, but I'll just give you four. Reading a book by Roald Dahl. Hashtag joy. Looking at the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Hashtag joy. Made in Teesside, actually, isn't it? Well, the steel was. Watching, I, I know some people are like this, watching the new series of the Great British Bake Off. Hashtag joy. We've had it on twice in our house. (laughs) Eating your favourite ice cream, hashtag joy. (laughs) Nicky Gumbel, the, the of Alpha fame, Nicky Gumbel says that people often he thinks that people often confuse pleasure with joy, and he he says. You know, you can get pleasure from a holiday, from a good book, from a TV program, from eating some nice food. But these are experiences that they come and they go. But he says, you know, joy isn't an emotion that comes and goes. Rather, it's a deep way of being. It's a a state of mind that is available to everybody. Why? Because joy... Joy isn't found so much in things, but in a person. It's found in Jesus. That's the Christian message. Joy is found in a person, in Jesus. That's what Jesus said about himself. This is um, uh, Jesus' words in John 15. He says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Joy is also a mark of the early church, we read in the the book of Acts. They... It's a mark of the joy that they found in Jesus. When miracles happened, what did they do? They rejoiced. When there was news of um, people who were from outside the Jewish community um, believing in Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit, they were full of joy. It says that they were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. In fact, there are 67 references to joy in the New Testament. So it's got to be important. And this morning, I want us to see that joy in the Christian life is a gift and a fight. It's a gift and it's a fight. It's a gift. If we go back to our Isaiah 35 passage, it says, The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and with singing. Now, I didn't do geography and I didn't do science, but I think I get that, that mostly deserts and dry lands are like that because of the weather conditions. Probably. But when those conditions change, and when it rains, and and, and it springs to life, the desert doesn't say, see that? I did that. I I, I made that happen. No, no, it didn't. The weather conditions changed, it rained, it, it, it kind of got right for the right conditions, and life sprang up from the dry lands. It's blossoming. It's joy is a gift. And, and when we think about if we think about our lives, this this is used as a picture of a spiritual reality. So as the writer of the passage rejoices in the gift of God's saving work so we find and we receive joy in the saving work of God through Jesus. See, even as Christians, we can often think some odd things about joy. We can think it's when you've been a Christian for long enough, and then you'll get it, then you'll get some joy. We, we can think that joy is for those who are clever enough, or equally, joy is for those who aren't too clever. We could think that joy is, is just if you would just surrender enough, then you would get this wonderful download of joy from God. Or, or we can think that leaders live in some kind of constant, uninterrupted joy bubble. Let me burst that bubble for you this morning. <laughs> because God's rescue of us was a gift. It was nothing that we did to make it come about. Then the joy that that brings is a gift too. It is. Listen, this is uh, from uh, First Peter. Peter writes this, though you have not seen him, you love him and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an expressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The only thing you brought to your salvation that I brought to my salvation was our sin and our disobedience. Jesus Jesus did it all. It's like that song we often sing. The best that I can offer is a filthy rag. But I've got I've got my sin and my disobedience. But Jesus has done it all. And because he did it all, it is an assured thing. To be assured that God loves you, will love you forever, and will not change his mind, even when you get things wrong, like Ben was talking to us about this morning, is wonderfully joyous. Wonderfully joyous. To be assured that our salvation is in him and it is secure brings wonderful joy. And when I, don't, when I don't experience that joy every day, it's, it's often because I've forgotten what an amazing gift it is. I've, I've forgotten what good news the assurance of my salvation is. I said it's a gift, but I also said joy is a fight. You might be thinking, well, that sounds very aggressive, doesn't it? Surely they don't go together as well, a gift in a fight you know. this is what uh, back to our Isaiah passage said verse 3 and 4 strengthen the feeble hands steady the knees give, that give way say to those with fearful hearts be strong do not fear see daily living in this joy is going to involve us doing something going to involve us being active. But not in the strength that you and I can generate from ourselves, but in the strength that he gives. It's a bit like, you know how Paul says um, in, uh, in the New Testament, Paul says, you know, I, I worked hard. In fact, I worked harder than all the people around me. But yet it wasn't me, it was the grace of God in me. He's saying, you know, I... There was work, there was stuff to be done. I did work hard, but but it wasn't me. It It was God's grace in me. It was God working out his gift of grace and joy in my life. That's what strengthens us for the fight. Here are some reasons why it's a fight. Number one, it's a fight. Sometimes because of our personality. Sometimes our personality just makes obstacles for joy. It does. It might be that your personality tends to just drift to sadness. I'm not saying your personality type affects if you can become a Christian or not, But it may mean that joy doesn't always easily flow. Maybe you relate to that this morning. I know I do a a little. The great Bible teacher, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he mentions temperament or personality as the first and foremost cause, he says, of Christians not experiencing joy. The first and foremost cause. But do we just get beaten by our personality? No, no. We, we learn to approach it. See, if joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, then we learn to walk in the Spirit and we look for ways to nurture it. Look for ways to nurture joy. Be aware of our personality. You know, self-control is uh, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, we don't, we don't say to ourselves, well, I've got none of that, so, so it doesn't matter, I can do what I like. I can just spend all the money in my bank account and I can just eat everything at the all buffet. No, we don't. We have to learn to nurture and approach that. And it doesn't happen usually overnight, usually. But then if you ask a gardener, Do you have someone like Paul who grows fruit? Do you grow fruit, Paul? Some fruit. Fruit doesn't grow overnight, does it? It takes time and it takes patience. Also, it's a fight because sin can rob us from joy. See, when we choose to live our way and not God's way, when we when we choose to think how we want to think when we choose to live how we want to live and uh, do to others as just how we want to do it blocks us from experiencing joy the american bible teacher John Piper says that the fight for joy is the fight against joy killing sins in our life. See, often sin can look so appealing, can't it? It it can look so sparkly. It can look so attractive. It can look like it brings joy. But it doesn't. It doesn't. Ultimately, it does the opposite it's joy killing kills our joy. Look at verse 8. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. Who is holy? God's holy. It's wonderful, Tim O'Connor, on the recording last week, talking about our holy God. He's holy. He's not like anyone else. He's totally unique. He's totally perfect. He's absolutely beautiful. And, and any other route, any other road, because that's what he's talking about. He's the highway to choose. He's the, he's, he's the road to go for. Any other route, any other road, that's not God's way, it will be a joyless way. The writer in Isaiah is saying, Choose, choose the highway of holiness. Choose, choose God's way. I counted up um, this week um, at least five people in our community, in our church community, who are going to university this month. I think some have already gone already. Um, but at least five going off to university. And do you know, let me just speak to you. I know some of you are here this morning. Listen, there will be lots of things when you get to university. Those are things there that say, come down this road. The road of success at all costs. The road of sleeping around with whoever you like for the next three years. The road of having anything at the centre of your life except Jesus. Listen, take the highway with God's name on it. That's what will bring you joy. Don't be fooled by the sparkly things that fight for your attention. Yes, make friends. Yes, join a club or two. Yes, enjoy your time in perhaps a new city. But listen, make the centre of your joy Jesus. That may mean sometimes sacrifice. That may mean saying, "Well, you know, I'm not going to go out tonight. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. No, no, I I can't do that. No, no, I'm, I'm choosing a greater joy. Listen, it will be a greater joy. It really will." Is sin robbing you of joy today? I want to encourage you to do what Ben encouraged us this morning, to come before God and uh, ask for forgiveness. As he read out that wonderful passage from 1 John 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, don't let it rob your joy anymore. Come before him, confessing it, bringing it to him and receiving forgiveness and knowing his righteousness. But also joy can be a fight because we live in a broken world. Isaiah has has written this poem, in the midst of a world that is not right. And in the midst of a nation that was once strong and secure, once godly, now likened to a wilderness. He talks about sickness and he talks about sorrow. See, we live in a world that is not right. People get sick. Floods in India and Bangladesh and Nepal and Texas happen and kill and displace people. Through no obvious fault of their own, some people experience depression in this life. But you know, these are painful things. These are sad things. And, and joy seems much more complex in those times. But in these three things that often make joy a fight in our lives, the work of Jesus on the cross and his good news for you and me is the ultimate answer. It really is. See, in Jesus, we see God entering our world. entering our fight see the New Testament says this about Jesus for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame see Jesus knew there would be joy in the work of what his cross would achieve he did and now because of that because God entered our world because God ended up On a cross, giving himself for us. Paying the punishment that we deserved for our disobedience, for our sin. And being victorious over it in resurrection. Because of that, do you know, when it comes to my personality, I'm not defined by it anymore. I'm defined by who I am in Christ. When it comes to sin, its power is broken at the cross. It is no longer my master. I am no longer its slave. And when it comes to this broken world, this broken world will not stay broken forever. One day it will be put right again. One Sickness will not have the final say. Depression will ultimately not be victorious. Death will not be the final winner. Jesus is. And it's because of the cross there's a joy for you and I in encountering Jesus and his advancing kingdom. See, the, the Christian life isn't just joy when you die and but for now anything but joy. No, no, it's it's we experience joy in that coming kingdom now. We experience the joy of knowing Jesus now. We experience joy when other people come to know him, when other people get on the bus, as Stu said. We experience joy when he helps to pers- helps us to persevere in difficulties. We experience joy when someone is healed. We experience joy when the poor are um, helped and cared for in our communities we experience joy when relationships are restored see it's so important joy is not simply a nice to have in our church can't be can't work like that won't work we must pursue joy it sometimes sounds like a selfish thing almost doesn't it but it's really not it it really isn't actually It's the joy of the Lord that sustains us. Sustains us to be the people that we're called to be, to live for others around us. Actually, it takes the attention off me. See, our world says, find joy in anything. It doesn't really matter what you find it in, because you're the centre of your life, so you can find it in whatever you like. The Gospel says, find joy in Jesus. Because he's the centre. He's the centre of your life. Find it in him. Do you see? It takes, it takes all that attention off us and onto Jesus. So there we go. Joy's a gift. Joy's a fight. But it's a fight that he strengthens us for by his grace. Listen, will you lift your eyes to Jesus this morning? As we finish, perhaps you're not a Christian this morning. Perhaps you, perhaps you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. and You know you've never made Jesus the centre of your life. Today you can do that. Today you can receive forgiveness. Today you can receive that assurance and that confidence that I am loved forever in him by coming to him. We would love to help you in that. We would love to talk to you about that. Talk to you about how forgiveness works. Talk to you about how repentance works in terms of uh, turning to God and all his goodness. Maybe Maybe you're here and you just know you've taken your eyes off Jesus for the source of your joy. And it's gone on to other things. As we worship together, Listen, why don't you just kind of confess that, kind of come to God in that, and say, Lord, I'm, I'm putting my attention and my focus on you as my source of joy. Maybe, maybe you just know that for you, right now, joy is a real fight, and you really relate to some of those things that I've said. Why don't you come before him this morning and say, Lord, I, I'm looking to you. I'm looking to you to strengthen me. Not I, but the grace of God in I will strengthen me for joy. Why don't you come to him as we finish in worship this morning in that we mustn't, we mustn't forget the role of the Holy Spirit in all this. He comes to us. God comes to us by the Spirit and meets us and helps us and strengthens us. And I believe as we worship together, he wants to do that. We're also going to pray for Andrew and Anna as well that God would strengthen them in their new marriage and what I'm going to ask is if they would um, just kind of move to this side so there's plenty of space and as we worship I would love um, uh, many of us to go and pray with them pray and prophesy and bless them and encourage them in their new marriage it's exciting you need joy you need God to strengthen you and we want to bless you in that Um, so as we with the band come up i'm going to pray but as we do that maybe you want to come to jesus first and say lord i'm putting you as you are the source of my joy i'm coming to you Um, i'm coming to you because i know in you i I become not parched ground not dry ground but uh, but what does it say in isaiah but you know I become a place, a pool. I become a bubbling spring. You know, I find that in you, Jesus. And uh, I, I'm coming to you this morning. And uh, let's pray for Andrew and Anna as well this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we honour you. We love you. We thank you that you are the source of our joy. We thank you we're, we're found in Christ. We thank you, we are secure in you. We thank you that we're confident that we're yours forever. We thank you for inexpressible and glorious joy in knowing we're yours. And I want to ask would you, by the Spirit, come to us this morning afresh and imprint these truths on our hearts so they're not just notes in our books? or words in our Bible, but truths on our hearts. Lord, I pray for those who are experiencing a real fight at the moment and are so aware of that. I pray, come and strengthen them this morning. Strengthen their hand. Steady their knee. Help them to see that in you there is a firm foundation to stand upon I pray for those maybe even struggling through depression right now. Lord, would you come to them? would you, um, would you bring joy in such a wonderful way that even in the midst of um, what they are going through, that they would know a joy deeper than simply uh, fleeting emotion? Come to them, I pray, come to all of us. We pray. Come on, let's worship and respond.